It's your radio sisters. I'm Rachel. I'm Bo. And I'm Allie Cat. Well, we're singers, songwriters, and sisters. And if you're curious about the creative process like we are, stick around right here. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories and interviews from the world's biggest stars and most creative minds. You'll take away artistic gems to fuel your own creative process and get that project started already. Or get the mojo to keep on going. That's right. It's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Rachel here with your radio sisters, Bo and Allie. We are so happy you're spending the next hour right here with us. Oh yeah. Now if you find yourself with a dream in your heart or a goal in mind, finding a support system who believes in you can make all the difference. Mm -hmm. And whether you turn to family, friends, or your own community to cheer you on, your radio sisters are also right here in your corner, rooting for you in the mulberry section. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And today you're going to meet four guests to add to your team. They're going to give you some pro tips on your journey. Can't wait. Let's get to it, sisters. The Mulberry Lane Show's on. Celebrity story songs. You're going to have it going on when we tell you who's stopping by now. First up today, Howie D of the Backstreet Boys. Tell me why it ain't nothing but a Calling in from Budapest from the Backstreet Boys DNA European Tour to tell you not only about the latest in Backstreet Nation, but also about a solo project that's been brewing in his heart for the last five years. Now parents, listen up. If you have little ones and you're kind of sick of listening to kids' music, Howie has a new album that'll appeal to both your kids and you. Which One Am I is the name of his new family album that reflects Howie's childhood and how he overcame insecurities to discover his true self. And guys, guess what? Howie D wrote a whole theater production based on this album, and this production is going to have its world debut. Where? Right here in Omaha, Nebraska at the Rose Theater coming up this January. So Howie's going to touch on that a little bit today. This is so awesome. And you guys already need to pencil in your calendar. January, you're going to go to the Rose. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Then you'll hear from Comedy Central comedian and the star of former hit comedy Sullivan and Son. Steve Byrne returns to the show today. Now, if you've ever thought about making a pivot to a new path, Steve will light the way. Now, after years of stand-up and cable comedy, he recently took the helm as director of a documentary. The doc is all about the Las Vegas sensation, The Amazing Jonathan, and it's called Always Amazing. It's been released to YouTube, and it's getting critical and fan acclaim. Now, Steve shares today how to decide if you should go for the crazy idea in your heart and what you'll learn if you do. Laugh and learn today with Steve. All right, sisters, who else? Well, then you're going to hang with Ryan Henry and Charmaine Walker with the Black Ink Crew Chicago. It's the name of their show, and the new season of this hit show is airing now on VH1. Today, Ryan, who's the shop owner of Nine Mag Tattoo, he's going to tell you about his new philosophy of success. And this philosophy has definitely changed for him over the last year. So if you find yourself kind of wanting to go in a new direction or even struggling to define what success looks like for you, Ryan's going to mix things up a bit and shed some light on the subject. And of course, Charmaine weighs in on some advice as well. Okay, well, before we get to the meat of the show, Rachel, you 
have a story about beef. <laughs> that was the perfect segue, Allie. Guys, I went through the Taco Bell drive-thru earlier this week, and I was really craving a power burrito. So I ordered the beef power burrito. And she said, I'm sorry, we don't have beef. We just have steak. <laughs> I said, okay, I'll take the steak. That is hilarious, Rachel. And that raises an interesting question because steak is definitely beef, right? Right. But beef probably isn't necessarily steak, right? Yes, because I think steak is a higher cut of beef. Right. Oh, wow, you guys. Only girls from Nebraska would be talking about this. (laughs) (laughs) So true. All right. Well, let's not beef about it anymore. Uh. (laughs) Are you going to say it or am I? (laughs) We have a prime cut coming up next. (laughs) Howie D of the Backstreet Boys is going to join you right around the corner. Keep it right here with your radio sisters. Always a crazy time here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Mulberry Lane intersects with Backstreet next. This segment is brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology, advanced comprehensive medical, surgical, and cosmetic dermatologic care. BraddockFinnegan.com. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, where we come together over music and the arts. This is Allie, along with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo. Thanks for being here. Okay, guys, you're about to hear from Backstreet Boy Howie D about all the things, including his about-to-be-released children's album, Which One Am I?, and the musical based on the album debuting, guess where, the Rose Theater in Omaha. You guys are also going to get the scoop on his European tour with the Backstreet Boys and how, no matter what you've been through in your life, you can always find who you are and who you're meant to be. Welcome Welcome to the show, Howie D. Oh, that's hot. What an <laughs> intro. I love it. Oh, great Can I have you guys uh, do that every time we talk? Absolutely. <laughs> you got it. Well, Howie, so many things to talk about. But first off, let's talk about which one am I? And you're calling it a family album because, you know, there's music and messages that both kids and parents will relate to. So how did the album kind of end up being bigger than just a kid's album? Yeah, you know what, uh, to try to make a long story short, about five years ago, I was trying to uh, deal with the music that was out there with my son, who was uh, five years at the time, okay. and uh, I, just, I felt myself just not inspired. I wasn't able to connect with the music with him, and I didn't understand it. I, I, I was really perplexed because I knew there were so many you know, great movies out there, like you know the Disney animation movies, Toy Story, Wreck-It right. Ralph, The yeah. Minions, Incredibles, that were great for kids and adults. Uh, but I just didn't find any music out there. And so one day I looked out in our audience, and I noticed that a lot of these, you know, teenagers many years ago that started with us have grown up just like all of us uh-huh. and now are having their own kids and families, and they're bringing them to our shows. Sure. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a record that the parents can enjoy with their kids just like they do with Backstreet Boys. It's something sure. totally different. Uh-huh. And so I, I was able to connect up with some great writers, Tor and Lisa, out of mm-hmm. New York, we started talking about what we wanted to write about, and after like a, a good two-hour talking over the phone, getting to know each other, I, I always joke and say I felt like it was a therapy session. <laughs> they, uh, they said, your life, all the experiences that you've gone through are really interesting there and still relevant. And, you know, everything from, from feeling shy, from you know, being in my sister's shadow, to having you know, scary dreams, monsters in my head, uh, even the song Nob Espanol, which is the first single 
uh-huh. uh, which is loosely based around the idea of me as a little kid being half Hispanic, half Irish, Scottish, American, but looking more Hispanic, people automatically always assumed that I was Spanish. It would start speaking to me in Spanish. So I learned really quickly, since I didn't know Spanish, no habla español. <laughs> right. And uh, which I'm very proud. The video came out with my son James in the video. My mother's in the video. And, awesome. And uh, little by little, we realized as we were writing the music that we had a musical on our hands. Okay. Um, and so we went to New York. We finished writing the music and recording it. And then after that, we focused for the past four years on writing the musical. We realized that actually we were writing a musical backwards, because normally I think people write, you know, the words first and the right. dialogue and then go into a yeah. song. Mm-hmm. Well, we were trying to make songs go into dialogue. Okay. So we rewrote it a couple of times. And now I'm very proud that we're going to be, you know, debuting it with me performing in it uh, the end of January and right there at the Rose Theater. And as we got the musical finished, we uh, kind of went back and we said, you know, I, I felt like not only for myself, but also to show my kids, and also all the fans who have been patiently, you know, waiting so long for this. I'm like, the show, Daddy, is always about, you know, accomplishing what you put yourself out there to do. Yeah. I decided I wanted to still put the CD out there. Okay. Because uh, in the musical, there's only like three songs that are in the musical. The rest of it is, is songs that kind of inspired the musical, but just didn't fit. So I'm very proud to have a, a CD and a musical coming out this yes. year. Yes, so many things going on oh. in your life. If you're just tuning in right now, you've got Howie D from the Backstreet Boys coming at you. Now he's here to talk about his brand new children's album, Which One Am I? Right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. You're in this European tour with the Backstreet Boys. The latest album, DNA, hit number one on the charts. You guys are kind of back on top of the world. But I want you to address a little bit the, the desert season when you were putting in all the work and, you know, not much to show for it. And it's such a cycle in all of our lives, you know, when you feel like you're putting in, but you're not getting back. So how did you pull through that time? And what advice would you have to someone, you know, kind of going through that time in their life? You know, a career as we always say, is, is, is what it is. You're going to have your moments of your ups and downs. And, you know, it's, it's trying to stay in it to make it a career. You know, with the Backstreet Boys, we were blessed in the late 90s and early 2000s to have unbelievable success, mm-hmm. success that most artists could only dream of. Right. Um, but like a lot of successful artists, sometimes when it's, you know, I hate to say the word oversaturated, but when you're just overplayed and everybody just after a while just needs a break from you, you have to figure out how you're going to continue on your journey and so with us, we kept on going. We kept on holding on that torch and, and carrying the torch forward and, and trucking along. I mean, one of our guys, Kevin, did take a break uh-huh. for some personal time off, but the rest of us continued on. And, you know, we went back to, you know, you know the height of our career, you know, playing arenas and stadiums, too. We were playing House of Blues, small little okay. theaters, and then regaining, you know, that success. You know, hopefully just one day if we had the right song, the right timing, we would hopefully, God willing, have lightning strike in a bottle twice. And we were one of those rare cases where it did. Well, lightning's going to strike here twice because Howie D is coming back for another segment here on the Mulberry Lane Show. He's got several projects in the works. The album DNA with the Backstreet Boys. He's on tour in Europe. And of course, coming up July 12th will be the release of his family album called Which One Am I? coolest thing of all he's going to be debuting the musical based on this album in omaha at the rose theater in january february of 2020 so make sure you guys stay tuned for more details and howie himself will be performing in the production 
We'll be right back with more from Howie. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show, your place to get fired up about your own creativity. And we're taking you to break with the song The Me I'm Meant to Be off of Howie D's upcoming family album, Which One Am I? Afraid. I could give it a try, changing my game, open that door. I gotta make my own mind up, cause all of my time's up. I gotta trust I'll find my way, one foot in front of the other, one way or another. Dr. Mary Finnegan of Braddock Finnegan Dermatology is here to tell you about Aqua Gold. So Aqua Gold is a small vial that has small stainless steel needles that are finer than a human hair in which we can leave product in the surface of the skin. The procedure takes about 15 minutes for the whole face. It gives a very dewy look, an airbrushed look. There's mild redness, otherwise no downtime at all. Aqua Gold at Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. That's BraddockFinnegan.com. Find the harmony here on the Mulberry Lane Show. I'm Bo. Welcome back. Well, these sisters are feeling larger than life right now in the middle of a conversation with Howie D from the Backstreet Boys, talking all about his brand new children's album called Which One Am I? And along with that, he's giving you the update on the Backstreet Boys, who are currently on the DNA tour traveling through Europe. Now, Howie called in from Budapest. And he was in the middle of talking about how Lightning struck in the bottle twice with their most recent number one hit album, DNA. It's opened up a whole new world of opportunity. Let's get back with Howie right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So tell us a little bit about the journey that DNA has taken. We had a, an unbelievable great song uh, that we recorded off of this record, uh, which I'm very proud of, the first song, Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Right. And Radio embraced it. Our fans embraced it. Our fans have been supporting us since day one. Yeah. And by saying this, a lot of the success that I'm talking about is, is in America, because even at times when we would be playing small theaters over internationally, we sometimes would still be playing okay. large arenas and, uh-huh. and stadiums in some places. Uh-huh. Um, but America was, is, you know, it's a little bit of a, you know, it's, I, you know, I hate to say we're fickle, but it's, you know, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, right? Uh, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trendy. Um, Yes, exactly. But I think with this whole new 90s, you know, trend coming back around and nostalgia, we've been able to embrace it Mm -hmm. and, you know, still at the same time stay current and relevant. Yeah, absolutely. So going through the downtimes before you hit it again, what did you tell yourself during those times? And what advice would you have for someone kind of in a downturn in their life? It was definitely a trying time for all of us. Uh You know, I think there easily we could have all thrown in the towel and just said, you know what, let's just go our separate ways and see, you know, if if it's meant to be for us to come back together, we can, you know, see where the cards are labeled. We didn't give up. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I would encourage every artist out there, especially when they have a passion and a dream to, you know, don't get blindsided, uh, you know, by the the negativity that can sometimes come around with things and uh, get discouraged. You know, if you really believe in yourself, sometimes you have to invest the time into it. You know, as long as you're putting out quality music, it eventually will come back around. Yeah. So now with this resurgence and then your new projects coming out, do you think what you went through has made you double appreciate everything? Oh, absolutely. I think just even, you know, having this second go around here, and you know, we've been over in Europe for 
the past uh, month, almost almost two months now. And and as we've gotten all older, you know, now you know after doing this now twenty six years, and now that we're all in our later thirties and, and mid forties, having you know families and kids, and then coming out on the road here with us, you appreciate it in a different light. Yeah, you know, I think I think in the early years we were just you know so excited to be out of our country and just seeing other countries and and you know young and we're like oh the girls are so great you know beautiful <laughs> out there and go, you know, i think now that we've settled down a little bit you know it's, it's definitely a different type of appreciation you know i'm, okay. I'm really appreciating a lot more of this culture and and just mm-hmm. having great meals and, and hanging out in good conversations and and more of the history of life places uh-huh, and so the success that we've had i think we we appreciate the fans even a bit more i bet so now you're raising two boys with your wife and you you seem like a really involved dad as a creative how do you stay present you know because you just can't shut off the creative juices at will and it's so easy to get up in your head so how do you stay present with your family when you're with them you know i really try to live in the moment as my wife is the best teacher of that okay. i really try to you know when daddy goes to work which i'm so blessed i have an unbelievable wife all of us do that are like the true rock in the foundation back home and raise uh-huh. our kids when we're not able to be there but you know they my whole family realizes that daddy you know has to be shared with the rest of the world yeah. uh but when daddy does come home i really do try to you know be uh, a proper dad and then okay. uh you know i, I try to you know, i'm the bus driver i take the kids to school i'm getting them to dance lessons James, the oldest one, has the bugs. I'm taking them to voice lessons with my sister and, and awesome. holding them and they're playing tennis. and stuff. I try to be as active as I can. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they do know that Daddy has to, you know, have his phone around. But when I can't shut it off, I really do try to shut it off and really give the quality time to my kids as well. Yeah. Awesome. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Howie D of the Backstreet Boys right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. What do you hope people take away from the album and eventually the musical? Um, I hope people just are able to embrace the album like I have been able to, and uh-huh. um, just to hopefully have something that maybe is a, a fun, entertaining experience with our kids, if they have kids, or also as well, adults just by themselves or the kids by themselves. Um, I think I was able to make a, a really uh, fun, lighthearted, totally all-over-the-place musical genre songs that are current relevant topics that kids are, I think, still dealing with. And I hope out of this record, people will be able to see you know, what's turned into the musical and the journey that I've become the person I'm meant to be. Oh, love I it. love it. And then when you come back to Omaha and debut the show, you're going to have to come back on the show and we'll chat some more. Absolutely. I look forward to meeting you guys in person. Yeah, we'd love we it. We do too. And we're friends with Andrew Fromm and he just told me to tell you, say hi, Dorowitz. <laughs> That's my promenader. I'm a promagio. Okay. Uh, Too small of a world. Yeah, Yeah, it it is. is. (laughs) Okay. All right, Howie, take care. Have a good tour. Yeah, thank you very much. Great talking to you guys. Look forward to seeing you. Howie D of the Backstreet Boys, guys. Lots of things to check out. Of course, with the Backstreet Boys, there's the brand new album, DNA. And then on July 12th, Howie will be releasing his family album called Which One Am I? It's a multi-genre album that will appeal to multiple generations. And then January, February of 2020, Howie will be making his way to Omaha to debut a musical based on the album. So that debuts at the Rose Theater. When we come back, you guys are going to hang with Steve Byrne. Now, he's a comedian constantly pushing the creative envelope. If you're ever wondering how to get the guts to just go for something in your heart, stay tuned. Steve Byrne has some answers for you. We'll meet you back here on the Mulberry Lane Show right around the corner. I'm Bo, here with my sisters, Rachel and Allie. Tell me why ain't nothing but a 
Rachel here. Just want to give you a personal invitation to get in on more sister fun music and highlights from the radio show. You can head on over to our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, The Mulberry Lane Show. We love having you here and we'd love to meet you over there for more positivity, creativity, and true connection. Get fueled up right here with brand new ideas. Thanks for hanging out with your radio sisters. I'm Rachel here with Bo and Allie. Let's get back to it. Well, you've met comedian Steve Byrne here before, and you may know him from the TBS sitcom Sullivan and Son or from his many comedy specials or films. But he's here today to chat his new project as director and executive producer of the documentary Always Amazing, the true story of the life, death, and return of the amazing Jonathan. And he's also going to spill the tea on what keeps his creativity humming. Welcome Welcome back to the show, Steve Byrne. That is so awesome. <laughs> that was great. Thank you so much. Yeah, great to have you back again. So now, first off, talk about who Amazing Jonathan is and why you decided to do this documentary. Sure. So the Amazing Jonathan was somebody I met early on in my career. I got to okay. feature for him when I was starting off doing stand-up. And Jonathan was one of the first comic magicians to pop off a of Comedy Central in the 90s and okay. early 2000s. Wore a headband, Freddy Krueger of comedy. He was so fun because he was making fun of like magic in a way that he, all his tricks didn't work out. Okay. His act was rooted in failure, which I really, really loved. And so he's killing it. He's touring. He's in Vegas. He's a headliner. He broke the record for most sellouts that Sinatra had at the Golden Nugget for wow. years. And then, basically, he was given a terminal diagnosis by his doctor saying, you have cardiomyopathy, you mm-hmm. have a year to live, get your affairs in order. Wow. And he retired from performing. He said, I'm done. And then he outlived the doctor's expectations by a few years and said, you know what, I'm going to see if I can still do this. So he made a return to the stage. And as a friend and as a fan, I thought, that's a film I'd love to see. Yeah. I hope somebody makes it. And I just thought, well, then the hell with it. I'll just make it. So I called Jonathan, and I went ahead, and um, we made a film. Okay, now you must have felt like you could tell his story well. So what was it about your connection or about what you've lived that made you feel like you could really tell his story well? Well, I know Jonathan quite well, and I know his story quite well, but I also know that while Jonathan's the face of the film, the heart and soul of the film is this fraternal relationship he fostered with a young boy he met when this kid was 12 years old his name is joel osborne okay and jonathan was going to australia year after year and this kid would always be backstage waiting for an autograph and be kind of became like a lackey for jonathan jonathan would teach him some tricks so he goes back to australia he's 13 he goes back to australia he's 14 and every year he sees this kid Uh so basically they kind of keep in touch they're pen pals and Jonathan hires Joel at 18 years old to become his road manager. Okay. Now, Joel Osborne is 18. He's managing a drug addict who lives in Las Vegas and gives into the vices of Las Vegas. Okay. And Joel Osborne basically saw Jonathan through a suicide attempt, a divorce, the perils of Las Vegas. And this kid got Jonathan's life in order, got him on track goes back to Australia, becomes a comedian on his own, and when Jonathan announced a return to the stage, Joel Osborne basically said, you know what, I'm going to go back and open for him. So the whole film kind of came full circle. Wow. And that, to me, I saw like the whole film kind of like unfold in front of my eyes. You knew that was the angle. Did you feel compelled to like see the humor in this too? You know, if there's any humor to be had besides what he does on stage. 
does your mind work in that way when you're telling the story? Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, any opportunity we had to to incorporate humor into this was absolutely shoehorned in because, you know, it, it's a bittersweet film. Right. I mean, this is a man that knows he's going to die, but he's right. also a comedian. Uh-huh. And so he's constantly cracking jokes as well. Jonathan, look, he's, he's a self-admitted. He's a drug addict. And when his mom says, you know, Jonathan, when he was a young boy, was caught smoking a lot of pot, the way she said it, like the cadence, the tone, it was so funny. It was almost like, I wish that was my ringtone. We basically called that back three times in the film because it was so funny. Every time we mentioned drugs, we show his mom saying that he was smoking a lot of pot. So we do try to keep it light, too. Okay. So now, for you personally, this is a completely different art form than the comedy. So, I mean, you change things up for yourself. You reinvent your career and reach out into other things. So is that your approach to keeping your creativity alive? Um, well, I never intended to ever make a documentary film. I never thought in, in a million years I'd be having this phone conversation okay. with you lovely ladies. But when the opportunity presented itself, I just felt inspired to tell the story because I know Jonathan and I know Joel so well. And their dynamic to me was always so entertaining that I thought, I know how to tell this. You put it up on YouTube. It's available for free. So you right. just go to YouTube, type in Always Amazing. It's completely free, okay. no strings attached. There's no adverts. There's no monetization of ads or anything. We just wanted people to have access to it and for it to be visible. Wow. And now, how did you make that decision to kind of take it to a place where people could see it for free? Well, I made the decision because sometimes with these documentary films, they're not like Marvel movies, right, where you're going to make a ton of money back. Right. And I thought instead of taking a small percentage back in terms of a distribution deal, I just thought, I love this film. I'm so proud of it. But I also want people to have access to it, to enjoy Jonathan's legacy, to enjoy this great relationship. And my friend Bill Burr, who has a great YouTube channel, All Things Comedy, which is on YouTube, they decided to be a home for us because we just wanted everybody to be able to see it and enjoy it. And the response from this film is blown away all of our expectations. I mean... It's hit like 134,000 views in just a few days. And you guys know that the comment section on YouTube can be very dark and vile. I would say our comment section, it's like 98% positive. And that to me was the biggest thing I've been shocked about in terms of the response of the film. Wow. And how gratifying, though, for you. Oh, completely. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely shocked. You're listening to comedian Steve Byrne here on the Mulberry Lane Show talking about his new documentary all about the amazing Jonathan. What was Jonathan's reaction to the film? The time we drove out to Vegas and showed him the final cut, he has a theater room in his place. Okay. And he just looked at me and said, I love it. And he got up and walked out. And I knew he was composing himself. And I remember going back to my wife telling her, I don't care if I ever make a dime on this film, which I haven't. (laughs) But but I said, that means more to me than anything. And um, it still rings true to this day. Wow. That really crystallizes the film right there with his reaction. A labor of love, really. Absolutely. It's a complete labor of love. But when you are inspired by anything, as you guys, all you gals are artists as well, I think creatively, when you can't sleep at night and you got the bug and you got the itch and you, you just yeah. got to like, I know how to do this. I can tell this. Yeah. And you're I've the never one made to a doc it. before, but I did. And I just creatively felt like this is a great outlet for it. Okay. So now I have a question because, you know, a lot of creative people, we will get ideas in the middle of the night, but, you know, we don't always jump on the opportunities and we think well you know maybe now is not the time so how did you discern that yes i've never done a documentary before but i'm going to do this you know what was the decision point and how 
would you give advice on getting to that decision point? The decision point for me was pretty easy because I'm such good friends with these guys. It was an opportunity to really showcase not only their talents, but just a, truly a beautiful relationship. I, I think to anybody who has the impulse or notion to think, ah, I'd like to do that, but maybe it takes you outside of your comfort zone, uh -huh. you'll learn more about yourself than you will, I think, whatever it is the opportunity or the passion project happens to be. I learned so much about myself in terms of drive, initiative, goals, <laughs> setting, all that stuff. So it's been a tremendous experience for me and my teams. Yeah. Now, going forward, do you want to do more documentaries? And how do you decide what the next thing is? Well, I think you certainly have a boost of confidence knowing that you pulled this off, you know. I, right. And so I wrote and directed a feature film about my early years in stand-up that's going to come out in early 2020. Okay. And had I not done this doc, I don't know that I would have been as confident for sure right. as I was when I was actually directing scenes, you know, a feature as opposed to a doc. Wow. So now, how is the feature different? The feature is different because I wrote about my early years in stand-up. So I think any artist has that moment where... You could have a safe life, right? But you know deep down in your gut you want to pursue your bliss. Right. So this film takes place where a kid gets offered his first opportunity to go on the road at an A room, which is an improv. And he takes the leap of faith. The whole first half of the film is the romanticism, optimism, and partying <laughs> of hanging out with the feature act. Yeah. And the back half of the film is all the reality, sobriety, and isolation of finally warming up to this weary veteran of the road who's played by Cedric the Entertainer. So it kind of encapsulates everything I've experienced in the last 22 years as stand-up all in four days. Wow. That sounds really good. So it should good. be pretty wild. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that there's a lot of you in that, a lot of your thoughts and your emotions and everything towards your career. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything that I've ever felt about stand-up is in it. And I remember when I finished writing it, I just told my wife, I said, you know, no matter what happens, even if this thing never gets made, this is by far the best thing I've ever done. And I do feel that way, so I can't wait for the film to come out. Awesome. I love that. Well, I, love that. I guess that means we'll have another visit from you. <laughs> yes, we'll have to have another song. But for now, I really appreciate you ladies having me on. I truly thank you, and it's always an honor and a pleasure to, to work with you. Great to catch up with you, and it looks like we'll be talking soon. Awesome. Thank you, ladies, so much. I truly appreciate it. Comedian, director, writer, and actor Steve Byrne. Be sure to check out his new project, which you can watch for free. The documentary film Always Amazing, the true story of the life, death, and return of the amazing Jonathan. Now, all you have to do to watch this is search for Always Amazing on YouTube. Coming up next, it's Brian Henry and Charmaine Walker of the VH1 hit series Black Ink Crew Chicago. We'll meet you back here on the Mulberry Lane Show, right around the corner. I'm Bo, here with my sisters, Rachel and Allie. You make me laugh. It's Allie here with the Mulberry Lane Show. And did you know you can be a part of our free email list every week where you'll get more sister fun, links to archived radio shows, tips on creativity for your life, and real connection. All you have to do is text the word Mulberry to the number 22828, and then you enter in your email. So join the free Mulberry Lane email newsletter, and we'll land in your inbox once a week. Text the word Mulberry to 22828. 
the Mulberry Lane Show, where every creative journey is respected. I'm Bo, here with my sisters, Rachel and Allie. Well, Black Ink Crew Chicago airs Tuesdays at 7 p.m. on VH1. The stars of the show, Charmaine Walker and Ryan Henry, are here right now to get you up to speed on everything going down at 9 Meg. Welcome, welcome to the show, Charmaine and Ryan. Wow, what an intro. Thank you so much. Awesome. Okay, so now, Ryan, what are the professional and personal challenges you're going to find yourself dealing with this season? The professional challenges you're going to see me do this season is manage a larger team of artists, a larger team of people who have to follow my new ways of business. We're in our fifth season, so I've uh, expanded and opened up a brand new shop. You're going to see two different nine mags. and dealing with an older team that pretty much doesn't know how I do things in new ways. Okay. Uh, personally, I'm still single. <laughs> you know, <laughs> dealing with that. And, um, yeah. Okay, and Charmaine, what are your challenges this season? My challenges are definitely going through some serious growing pain. You know, obviously NIMAG is growing, and Ryan has moved his brand to a new location with new artists, a new look. And we still have the old location, but it's it's exactly what it is, the old location. Okay. So just the energy that's going on in the shop and everything that I have to deal with, it's very hard for me this season because I just felt like the brand with the old location was being diminished and, like, tarnished. And okay. it just wasn't the same. So you see me really sad in kind of expressing that to the guys and you'll see how they react to me okay so then Charmaine what did you learn about yourself this season I learned that I'm growing up in a major way I learned that everything that the tv has brought me on the platform that we're on I've worked really hard for my brand outside of the tattoo shop okay and sometimes what's going on in the tattoo shop is like is a liability for me. Would you, you know, say just, a liability I, in a mental way? Um, and mentally and just the actions going on in the shop. I mean, okay. I have to be around certain conversations and certain actions of other people that I don't want to be a part of. You know, when you're a self-made person uh-huh. and you're hanging around a group of people, it's like birds of a feather flock together. You know what I'm saying? And right. people associate you with that. So. I just wanted us all to do better, and I wanted what was going on at the old NIMAG just to be better and be more, you know, respected, and I just felt like we were losing that. It was really it. difficult for me. Wow. I love that. Can you give us an example? Sure. Um, <laughs> well, for instance, I have to work with someone who is not of African-American descent and who feels like she can say the N-word uh, however she feels, uh, and that's something that I just can't believe I have to deal with, you know, and I have to keep my cool and I have to roll with the punches. And in real life, I would never do that. I wouldn't hang around that person. I would not be associated with people like that. But that's something that just comes with the territory. Until real changes are made, then I'm stuck. (laughs) What have you learned and what advice would you have for people who, you know, sometimes have to deal with awful people like that? Yeah, I would always say, you know, if you're uncomfortable with something, definitely speak up and let that person know how you feel. And if they are someone with any type of, you know, morals, they will understand how you feel if you're not comfortable with something that they're doing. If, for whatever reason, they want to continue with the actions that they're doing, then you just have to be the bigger person. 
sometimes you just have to let things go, you know. It doesn't mean you have to be associated with that person, but you have to pick and choose your battles. And if some people are very toxic, you know, right. try not to hang around them too much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, try not to let it bring you down. That's exactly what I was going through yeah. this season. Good advice. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Ryan and Charmaine of VH1's Black Ink Chicago here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Ryan, your advice for someone who has a big dream of, you know, opening up a business or expanding a business, how do you get over the self-doubt and the fear that comes along with that and, you know, just the guts to go for it? That's pretty much rhetorical. You got to get over the gut by having guts. You have to put in the persistence and knowing that failure and slower accomplishments are going to be the path of what you see in the future. You know, I've had so many ups and downs in creating business, you know. I've hit rock bottom plenty of times, but it's only been to rise up again and mm-hmm. learn from every mistake and every mishap that I've had that's allowed for me to grow to be successful and just get to the next level of what I want to do. So just get ready for a long night and no friends and probably no relationships and all <laughs> of the different things that come along with putting yourself first. Okay. And that's what you're doing this season is putting yourself first, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, putting myself first, putting my business and my brand first. Because I hadn't done that for a long time. I put pretty much everything and everyone else before myself and before my happiness. And it allowed for a bad foundation to be laid. And then it ended up tumbling and nothing okay. stands on a bad foundation for long. I think a lot of us find it hard to put ourselves first. So it's nice to see that in action because, you know, as we watch what you've gone through and doing that, you know, it gives us permission to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, any genuine person who wants to provide or wants to help others, you're going to put others first. You're going to extend yourself. It'll get to a point to where you're pouring from an empty glass and you can't do that continually. And it definitely doesn't work for business. Um, it can work for your mindset, but it won't work for business. So yeah. um, you can be <laughs> happy and struggling or, you know, put yourself first and then you can be happy and successful. You know what? That was some brilliant wisdom right there. (laughs) We want to thank both of you guys for joining the show, blessing our show with your thoughts. Yes, thank you so much for having us. Take care. Be sure to check out the hit series, Black Ink Crew Chicago, airing now on VH1, Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central. And thanks, Ryan Henry and Charmaine Walker, for hanging out with the Mulberry Sisters today. Well, guys, now we come to our favorite part of the show. This is Show Notes. Mm-hmm. This is where we handpick the best advice that we feel each guest gave you during this show. First up, Backstreet Boy, Howie D. Howie D said, do not get blindsided by the negativity or get discouraged. He said, if you really believe in yourself, you have to invest the time into what you do to make it a success. He said, as long as you make sure you put out a quality product, your success will eventually come back around. And when he said this, he was talking about the resurgence of the Backstreet Boys with the number one album this past year. So guys, do it Howie D style. I love it. Then Steve Byrne, comedian who just directed his first documentary answered the question on how as a creative do you decide what you do next well his advice is if it's something you can't get out of your head where you can't sleep at night you gotta go for it and sometimes these ideas will take you outside your comfort zones but he said if you follow that idea you will learn more about yourself 
than you will about anything else. So go ahead and go for it. You'll find yourself in a better position of knowing yourself and completing an awesome project. A double win. Mm, You convinced me. (laughs) Go for it, Allie. (laughs) And finally, you heard from Ryan Henry and Charmaine Walker of VH1's show, Black Ink Crew Chicago. Now, Ryan Henry is the shop owner of Nine Mag Tattoo. He said he now puts his business and his brand first. He said before this time, he was putting other people's happiness first and that allowed for a bad foundation of his business he said when you run your business putting others first all the time pretty soon you're going to be pouring from an empty glass and that doesn't do anyone any favors when you're the boss hello moms (laughs) (laughs) so he changed his philosophy this year and he said you can be happy and struggling if you put other people first or you can put yourself first and you can be happy and successful (laughs) now these are ryan's thoughts i'd be interested in hearing what you have to say about this as for my thoughts, sisters, I think there is a happy medium that you can, you know, still put others first some of the time and also run a business, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Honestly, I think it depends on the time of life you're in. I think there's a hmm. time to put yourself first and then there's a time to put others first. And obviously, Ryan is at the time of life where he's going to put himself first. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you can always find time to put others first. <laughs> That's why I am pouring from an empty glass. <laughs> One thing's for sure, we put you guys first when it comes to doing this show. Mm -hmm. Every week when we plan our show, we do it with you in mind. Mm -hmm. And we're super stoked when you put us first and tune in. Exactly. (laughs) We want more of that. I feel the love. All right, guys. Well, we'll be right back here, same time, same place, next weekend. Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome and put yourself first (laughs) once this week. (laughs) Rachel, that's a wrap. Baby team.